Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Consumer Review Report. I'm Diane Rebecca here on WMCK.FM Internet Radio. All right, so I hope everybody has gotten through the week without any product or service mishaps. But if you have not, you can contact me via email, consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. Also, if you have a product or service you would love to rave about that it turned out wonderfully for you and you'd like to tell us about it, you can email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. Also, if you have any ideas of any products or services that you would like to hear on the show, you can also email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. All right. What lovely weather we're having this weekend. All right. So last week on the show, we talked about robocalls why they happen, which ones are legal, what is the government and phone carriers attempting to do about the illegal ones, and how to protect yourself now from them. Well, this week is sort of a part two to last week's show in that we will be talking about robotexts. Now, I don't get nearly as many of these as I get robocalls. Um, In fact, hardly at all, but I do get them once in a while. However, you may be asking yourself, well, isn't robocalls and robotechs, aren't they all the same? You know, why are you doing a show on robocalls and then this week robotechs? I mean, isn't it all the same thing? Well, yes and no, but um, robotechs can be more dangerous than the robocalls, according to the August 22nd issue of the Wall Street Journal. Uh, And I'll explain that later um, after the recall portion of the show. So let's go ahead and get to that. Okay, we're starting out with the Consumer product recalls. There's seven of those this week. Club car recalls gas utility and transport vehicles due to risk of fuel leak and fire hazard. Under continuous operations with low speed idling periods and a full gas tank, the fuel vent can allow fuel to leak, posing a fire hazard. Another recall from Club Car recalls gas, golf, and transport vehicles due to fire and burn hazards. Fuel can leak from an improperly routed fuel line posing fire and burn hazards. Southwire recalls electrical outlet boxes due to fire hazard. The electrical receptacles can overheat when in use posing a fire hazard. Sam Park, SAM Park, recalls children's pajamas due to violation of federal flammability standard. 
The pajamas failed to meet the federal flammability standard for children's sleepwear that requires sleepwear to be either snug-fitting or flame-resistant, posing a risk of burn injuries to children. Crate and Barrel recalls push walkers due to choking and laceration hazards. Walkers can be damaged over time, exposing sharp points and small parts, posing choking and laceration hazards to small children. Norwex recalls rubber brooms due to laceration hazard. The broom handles can break in half, exposing a metal inner rim, posing a laceration hazard to the user. And if you have any concerns that you have any of these products, you can go to www.recalls.gov, find the products such as Norwex Recalls Rubber Brooms, and click on the link, and it will tell you what you should do with your product and what websites to visit and what phone numbers to contact if you have any of these products. Piping Rock Health Products recalls wintergreen essential oil due to failure to meet child-resistant closure requirements. The bottles are not child-resistant as required by the Poison Prevention Packaging Act, posing a poisoning risk if the contents are swallowed by young children. Alright, so that's it for the consumer products. Moving on to the FDA recall safety alerts. There are seven of those. Some of these are a repeat from last week, but I guess they want to keep people informed that these recalls are still open. Here's Dog Goods USA LLC to conduct a voluntary recall of Chef Toby Pig Ear treats because of possible salmonella health risk. Dog Goods USA LLC is uh, voluntarily recalling the Chef Toby Pig Ears treats. Uh, because of the salmonella health risk. FDA cautions pet owners not to feed Texas Tripe Inc. raw pet food due to salmonella listeria uh, contamination. FDA is cautioning pet owners not to feed the pets certain lots of Texas Tripe Inc. raw pet food after samples tested positive for salmonella and listeria. Awers Inc. recalls grained salmon caviar, 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 95 grams because of possible health risk. And this is uh, best before October 7, 2020 uh, cans that you should be aware of. They are voluntarily recalling the salmon caviar 95 gram cans because uh, they may have the potential to be contaminated with botulism and consumers are warned not to use the product even if it does not look or smell spoiled. Allergy alert for undeclared egg in decorated red apple cookies issued by Southern Pacific Whole Food Market stores. They are voluntarily being recalled by Southern Pacific Whole Foods market stores because they may contain undeclared egg. And on to the next one, Great One Trading Inc. issues allergy alert on undeclared egg in fish cakes. Great One Trading Inc. is recalling the above because it may contain undeclared egg. And the above is fish cakes. People who have an allergy or severe sensitivity to egg 
run the risk of serious or life-threatening allergic reaction if they consume these products. Now this is a title that's kind of hard to say, so I'll do the best I can. Krasnia Oktyabr, USA, Inc. issues alert on undeclared sulfites in Taini Vastraka, assorted dry fruits apple. Woo, that's something else, huh? I mean, they sound Russian, but they say they have USA at the end of it. So it's Krasnya, it's K-R-A-S-N-Y-I, Akyabr, O-K-T-Y-A-B-R, USA. And it's Taney, T-A-I-N-Y, Vostoka, V-O-S-T-O-K-A, dried fruits, especially the apple, um, because they contain undeclared sulfites and the same company uh, is this the same one that I was recalling the 500 gram packages of assorted dried fruits and it's kinks because they contain undeclared sulfites so the uh, assorted dry fruits kinks and apple are being recalled all right, so that's all for the FDA recalls. Moving on to the Food Safety Inspection Service recalls. There's two of those this week. Tip Top Poultry Inc. recalls fully cooked poultry products due to possible listeria contamination. Uh, they are recalling approximately 135,810 pounds of fully cooked poultry products that may be contaminated with listeria. And then we have Olympia Meats recalls ready-to-eat pork sausage products due to misbranding and undeclared allergens. They are recalling approximately 198 pounds of ready-to-eat pork sausage products due to misbranding and undeclared allergens. Alright, so that'll do it for our recall portion of the show. So we can get on to the main event. The Wall Street Journal had an article in the August uh, 22nd issue. uh, And it's entitled, Getting Attacked by Robotechs, Here's What to Do. And it's written by Catherine Bindley. Uh, Let's see, like, uh, you might get texts like... Credit consult, new listings, you've won. Spam robotechs are the latest plague of our times. Here are some partial cures. All right. So, unwanted texts can carry many messages. Now, this is what makes these more dangerous than robocalls. I mean, with robocalls, you got to answer the phone and then answer questions. And that's when that gets dangerous. But with texts, um, you know, <clears throat> they can be from supposed housing deals to alerts about contests you probably didn't enter. Um, and so they would have probably some suspicious links in them. And if you click on them, that could be the dangerous part. All right. So um, some were, uh, here's a story about... Uh, somebody got a text uh, about, um, let's see, uh, uh, that there was a three-bedroom apartment that existed that they could own for $429 a month. 
I mean, even if you didn't actually ask for the information, maybe it just showed up, you know, uh, it could be credit consultation, uh, scored part-time flexible work, you know, something like that. Um, some were sent from legitimate looking numbers and mention household names like Amazon and Walmart. Other messages could at first glance pass for someone merely texting the wrong person. Which is kind of funny because I got I hardly get these, but once in a while I do get these. And then there was three of them, like over a course of like a uh, few days, where <clears throat> they were asked, or they were saying, Omar, uh, here are some jobs for you. We have some jobs, oh, job openings for you, Omar, right? Well, I'm not Omar, and so, but I never open the text. I just immediately delete them. Because sometimes you might want to, like, text back and say, Hey, I'm not Omar, but that's not a very good idea either. Um, with all the links that these had, what most had in common were creepy-looking links encouraging me to, for instance, track delivery of my AMX gift cards. You know, texts like that you might get. Uh... Robotechs are similar to robocalls in that spammers use them to trick you into sharing your personal information. Um, so last year, consumers filed 93,331 complaints about unwanted text messages to the Federal Trade Commission, up from 71,776 the prior year. T-Mobile says that it blocked a record number of spam texts in July, an average of 1 million a day. And that is has seen a 20% average increase month after month in the number of blocked texts in 2019. So Verizon says that along with its SMS partners, it has been blocking almost 500 million spam messages a month this year, double the volume from last year. So, they can't get you by robocall, they'll try to get you by text. If you receive an unwanted text, you can prevent the sender from contacting you again by using the block feature, as in the iPhone settings shown here. And they have a picture of iPhone. I don't have an iPhone, I have Android, so. Um, if you make a mistake or change your mind, you can always unblock a number. Uh, at just under 3%, spam texts are still a very low percentage of total SMS messages exchanged. And it also says that because voice and messaging platforms are regulated differently, carriers can be more aggressive in targeting unwanted texts. But text is also a highly attractive medium for bad actors. We're texting more than ever these days, and businesses are increasingly contacting their customers through text to confirm appointments or send flight status information, verification codes, and unlike phone calls, text can contain links. The danger with spam messages is a lot of them are phishing scams. Uh, it looks like it, it looks like it's Bank of America. And you put in your banking credentials and then their system tries those credentials on the Bank of America website. So, well, the fishers do. So, Verizon says it's shifting more attention to spam texts. And the Federal Communication Commission recently closed a loophole allowing it to pursue enforcement against number spoofing text scammers. 
Last year, it rejected a request that would have limited carriers' ability to block such texts. Meanwhile, much like its evil big sibling, the spammy robocall, there isn't one button to press to stop spam robotext. We're in partial solutions territory. Here's what you should and shouldn't do if hit by shady robotext. Don't click anything. Robotexts often include a link in the body of the message. Something like, you've won, click here. Do not click. These links could lead to malware that can affect your phone. Even more likely, it's a ploy to get you to share sensitive personal information. Don't reply. Several of the spam messages said I could opt out by replying stop, which seemed like a reasonable thing to do. I get robotext from my doctor's office and my cell phone carrier with opt-out instructions. You can type stop if the robotexture in question is a known business and you just want them to leave you alone. But much like phone scammers, text scammers are looking to engage with you, and this can be a trap. Replying can confirm your number is in service that is valuable to scammers who might sell your digits to others driving up the volume of texts and calls. And like we were talking about last week, when they spoof call, they spoof call your number to other people, right? So I guess that's how they, that's a, how they would get your number. So you don't know. I mean, it could be a number of things and how they get your number too, as, as far as signing up for things and, you know, so, okay. So here's another thing. Uh, Forward the message. The FCC recommends you copy spam messages and text them to the number 7726. And if I would have known that Omar's texts were spam texts before I read this article, I would have done that, but I did not do that. So I'll know from now on that, you know, Omar didn't give them the wrong number, you know, and that's why they're contacting me, or was this really a spam message? I could just forward it to the FCC and then they could figure it out themselves, whether it was spam or whether just Omar gave them the wrong number. That will alert your carrier that you've received an unwanted text and help it recognize and block spam. Of course, while you're copying the message, don't accidentally click any links. You can also report unwanted text to both the FTC and the FCC. Uh, FTC text message spam help page, the FTC complaint assistant, the FCC unwanted robocalls and text help page, FCC consumer complaint center. The data can help the agencies with enforcement as in this case. And block the number. When in doubt, use your phone's block function instead of typing stop. Blocking individual numbers can still be like whack-a-mole, though, since robotexts often come from a rotating cast of characters. I've also found that to be the case with robocalls, too, but at least the same number isn't calling you over and over again, although they do find a way to find another number to call you. So, yes, it is like whack-a-mole. So, um... Then they, uh, the Wall Street Journal explains how to do it on the iPhone, how to block messages, and on Android. Um, and then, consider a call blocking app. Many call blocking apps have features to flag spam texts as well. And we talked about Nomo Robo, 
last week, uh, which costs $1.99 a month and has done a solid job of flagging robocalls. So, uh, you know, now you don't, you don't have to answer them because it flags it for you. The spam filter for text messages is separate, something I, uh, that has, or this person hasn't enabled. And while it will mark a message as SMS junk, it won't stop them from reaching your inbox. So know that if you enable this, it allows the app to see the content of your texts and the information of senders outside of your contacts. This might include verification codes and other information from banks and other services. Nobo Robo says it can view the sender's phone number and the message content, but doesn't know which user got the message. So that's another thing you have to be aware of if you want to trust Nomo Robo with the like verification codes, etc., uh, etc. Et Robo Killer has a similar feature. Blocked messages aren't associated with a user. Uh, the messages are never shared with any external parties, and there is no human intervention or review of these messages. So, a word about political texts. Um, political campaigns are actually allowed to send you texts so long as they have your express consent and aren't relying on an auto-dialer. If you don't want them, go ahead and reply, stop. All right. So, we have uh, some video clips here. And here's a... Uh, a video clip. It's called New Push to Crack Down on Robocalls and Robotechs. I'm going to explain. CBS Chicago is going to explain what's going on on that front. So let's go ahead and take a listen. In 1934, gangster John Dillinger was public enemy number one when federal agents shot and killed him outside of Chicago's Biograph Theater. That same year, the Communications Act established the Federal Communications Commission to oversee the legal use of telephones. But some things didn't exist back then. <coughs> Cell phones and robocalls. Let us show you how these new policies will brighten your day. A bill known as TRACE, Telephone Robocall Abuse Criminal Enforcement and Deterrence Act, would change that 1934 law and make it easier for the FCC to punish people who make robocalls or send robotexts. TRACE also requires cell phone carriers and internet service providers to establish caller verification systems like Shake and Stir, a new technology already in the works. And it reduces access to phone numbers. CBS2 investigators discovered how easy it is to buy a cheap list of numbers and call someone, even a person on the Do Not Call registry. It makes me feel violated, especially being on the Do Not Call list. It's not right that you're able to get my number. The Illinois Attorney General says this new push to protect consumers is needed because last year, 48 billion robocalls were made and 250,000 Illinoisans complained. Under the FCC's new guidelines, companies have until this year to implement the new verification technology. Reporting from the newsroom, Dorothy Tucker, CBS2 Investigators. Okay, so that's some of the things that they're trying to do to crack down. But again, I always think it's sort of like, um, you know, 
their war on drugs and everything like that. You can do as much as you can, but somebody's always going to try to find a way to make it happen anyways. I don't ever think that this problem is ever going to go away um, because, you know, people invent new machines that can do it better or they can get around the regulations. And so I don't have much hope that no matter what the carriers do or what the government does, it's going to be like viruses on a computer. You have a patch against one virus and 10 other viruses come out. So I know I don't seem very optimistic about it, but that's the way I, I see it. So let's go on to the next video clip. It's called Combating Unwanted Robocalls and Robotext. This is from FCC.gov, and this is uh, posted by FCC.gov video. So let's take a listen. Combating spam calls or texts is the FCC's top consumer protection priority. And this month, we've taken important steps to address these problems. We've acted to prevent a flood of spam texts from clogging Americans' phones and to reduce unwanted robocalls. Here's the deal on spam texts. Americans rely on and trust text messaging. But that will change if consumers start getting a deluge of spam texts and spam messages on their phones. To make sure that doesn't happen, the FCC is rejecting a request to make it harder for wireless providers to continue blocking robotexts and using anti-spoofing measures to stop unwanted text messages. These features are a major reason why text messaging is so relied upon by consumers and why so little of the text traffic that we get is spam. In fact, while over 50% of email traffic is spam, less than 3% of text traffic is spam. And our action today will allow wireless providers to continue protecting American consumers from unwanted texts. In addition to this common sense ruling, the FCC is establishing a database to help legitimate businesses avoid accidentally placing calls to numbers that have been reassigned to someone else. This will help to ensure that a consumer who was recently given a reassigned number doesn't get a call meant for the prior owner of that number, and that the prior owner doesn't miss out on expected calls. Together, the FCC's decisions will help us address consumers' demand that we take on robocalls and spam texts. All right, so hopefully that'll, that'll uh, help a little bit, but again, I don't, I'm not very optimistic about it. So what we have to do is maybe protect ourselves as far as not clicking on the links, not even opening up the text or anything like that. So um, here's an example of a link that could not, that could be uh, potentially dangerous for your phone. Um, and it can be in an SMS text for an unsuspecting recipient. Now, I'm a Catfish fan. I, know, I don't know if anybody else watches Catfish or even if you know what that is. It airs on MTV. And I've been a fan ever since the movie came out. Uh, and so it's basically where, you know, uh, people contact the Catfish people and they say, Hey, look, um, I've been talking to this person and I want to know, you know, if it's a real person. Um, if, you know, I want to know the identity or they might be in love with the person, even though they've never met them and they want to meet them. 
And, you know, they'll say something like, oh, well, you know, I've, I've been talking to this person over texting. Um, and every time we go to Skype, he or, he or she um, gets on Skype and his face is shadowed and he's talking to me with a voice changer. Uh, now, that actually doesn't happen, but I'm exaggerating a little bit. But, you know, he, he, they have to wonder, like, okay, why is these people, you know, whenever we talk about meeting up, they don't meet with me. So then the catfish people go out and they try to find the person and arrange a meeting between the two people to figure out is that their real identity or if it's not their real identity, why are they, you know, why are they catfishing the person, etc., etc. So that's what catfish is about. But anyways... I'm digressing a little bit. Um, the reason why I bring that up is because lately on the episodes, they've been talking about these this app called Grabify. And this is how they've been trying to find people. Now, this app gives them the capability of sending a text to someone with a link. There's a link embedded in the text, like we talked about some of these robotexts, right? When the person clicks on the link, they can tell where the person is located. So if, for example... The person says they're in Texas and you want to verify that. You first pick a link that would be natural to send. Like say, for example, the person loves cars. So you would say, hey, I saw this beautiful car. Uh, Check this out and you would embed this link. Um, So then you disguise the nature of the link by making it uh, appear to be anything from a regular shortened link to a torrent or image file, you know, so you, they can't tell where it's coming from. Okay, so they love cars, and they want to see this beautiful car, so they'll click on the link. Uh, when the target clicks or taps on the link, you capture their information as they pass through the link to the decoy. So, the Gravify app has the ability to identify the IP address, location, make, and model of any device that opens on a cleverly disguised tracking link. With the advanced tracking, the hacker can see the battery level and whether or not the device is plugged in. The hacker can also see the make and model of the device, the internal network IP address, the time zone, screen size, and even which way the user is holding their device all by clicking on a link that's what a hacker what kind of information a hacker could gain from you if somebody sent you such a link right and so this could be a text that you've received and maybe you clicked on that link and now someone has that information and that's pretty important information uh, that someone can do harm with so now, if you had opened these texts or others like that and clicked on the link, it's possible that your phone was hacked. So that's why these these texts could be so much more dangerous than the calls because you just don't know what you're clicking on and then what you're allowing to come into your phone. So I have a video clip here describing the different ways your phone can be hacked by hackers, including the SMS text, and 15 clear signs your phone was hacked. Posted. This was posted by Brightside. So let's take a listen. Fifteen clear signs that your phone was hacked. 
We often see our smartphones as our secured digital havens. We use them to keep our most personal information, from pictures to credit card details. Some people even save their passwords in notes. That's a bit too much, right? You probably have all your text and email communication, including work stuff, based or synchronized on your phone. If you think it is your private zone, you may be very wrong. So far, there is no such device that can't be hacked. To reduce the potential risks, we figured out three things. The ways your phone can be hacked, how to recognize them, and how to protect your phone from hackers. Let's start with the first important question and see how your phone can be hacked. The easiest way is by taking possession of your phone for a few minutes and installing spy apps, such as SpyPhone app, SpyZ, or SpyEra. These apps are basically mobile trackers that record the incoming and outgoing phone calls and text messages. They can track GPS location, online activity, and communication going on WhatsApp, Facebook, Viber, and Skype. Their creators say these apps can bring peace of mind to parents and help business people monitor their staff. If only it were just that. In reality, these apps are often used by those who don't care about the safety of others. Via an unprotected Wi-Fi network in a cafe or airport. Yes, it's that easy. We all love finding free Wi-Fi spots at airports and restaurants, especially when we travel. Have you ever used free Wi-Fi? Click thumbs up if you have. Well, with the means of public Wi-Fi, you share all your traffic with everyone around you. Think of it next time you want to check in somewhere exotic. It is worth waiting till you reach a more reliable network. When charging your phone via an unknown USB, even in an airplane or a car, there is a risk that all your data will be revealed and transferred. Different smartphones have different security features, so not all of them share the same amount of information when connected to a PC. But they can give away your device name and type, serial number, its manufacturer, operating and file system information, and electronic chip ID. That's a lot of information that can be used against you. SMS phishing. This happens when you receive a message with a link saying that it is, for example, your bank statement, a money transfer, or your photos. So you click it, download the file, and then reveal all your phone's contents to hackers. With the help of Signaling System 7, or SS7, used by the majority of telephone stations all over the world, hackers can read your text messages, listen to your phone calls, and track your cell phone locations. But if you're not a celebrity, there's nothing to worry about. You see, there are many ways hackers can mess with your phone. Now it is time to answer the question we all care about. How to recognize that your phone is hacked? Number 15. You find new apps on your phone and you did not install them yourself. Sometimes phone manufacturers and service providers can actually install new apps on your phone as you update it. But it is better to be safe than sorry, so you have to make sure the apps are legit. You can Google search them and see what other users, or better yet, reliable websites, say about the apps. If it was neither the manufacturer nor you who installed the app, it must have been hackers. 
Number 14. Some apps stop working like they used to. While new apps you never installed are doing just fine on your phone, your old apps are in trouble. Something is interfering with their proper functionality, and it is most likely some malware on your phone. Number 13. Your phone has suddenly started to run out of juice very quickly. If you noticed your phone's battery lifespan has become way too short, it must be for a reason. This can happen when there is an unknown app running on your phone. Such apps run in background mode without notice, so you don't even have to start them, but they still take away your phone's energy. Number 12. Your smartphone seems slower than it used to be. We often think slower operation speed is the reason of our phone's old age. In fact, just like shorter battery life, it can be caused by malware running in the background on your phone. Those bad apps transfer data from your phone, so its performance drops a lot. A smartphone is smart, but hackers are sometimes even smarter. Number 11. Your phone gets warm. Your phone gets warm even when you don't make a call or work with it. You are probably used to feeling the warm touch of your communication tool, and you might even like it, especially when it gets cold. But warming up for no reason is not a good sign. Again, it means there is an unknown app making your phone work so hard that it warms up. Number 10. Your phone reboots itself, switches off, dials numbers, or starts applications. You might like to believe self-rebooting or dialing numbers is the result of paranormal activity and you're about to call Ghostbusters. Sorry to tell you this, but if it's not a system breakdown, then it could be tapping. Number 9. Unknown phone numbers appear in your recent calls and it costs you. Hackers can proxy through your device to make expensive international phone calls. They can also use your infected device to make calls to companies which charge for them. Of course, they don't actually call overseas themselves. They offer this paid service to their customers, so they get profits. Number 8. Your phone is sending and receiving strange text messages. Just like unknown numbers in your recent calls, you can find text messages you did not actually send from your phone. It can also happen to your email if you are using it from your phone. If you don't notice it yourself, your friends or colleagues might tell you about it when they receive weird messages from you. Do not ignore it. Number seven, you cannot switch off your device. As you are trying to switch your device off, it starts opening different apps, increasing the lighting, and so on. It is very wrong, and it is most likely not the manufacturer's fault. Number 6. There are noises or echoes during calls. If you hear noises or echo during calls and you haven't had them in this location before, it means someone else has access to your phone. They might be tracking your phone and listening to your conversation this very second. Number 5. Websites appear different than before in your mobile browser. It can be a sign that someone has installed malware on your phone. It can be reading your online communication and tracking your activities. It sits somewhere between your browser and the internet and stops the sites from displaying normally. Number four, you noticed an increased use of mobile data. 
If you have a data monitoring app, you can sometimes see your mobile data usage growing way too fast. It can cost extra charges if you pay for a certain amount of traffic per month. And it is one of the signs your phone is not only used by you. You can also try finding detailed app traffic usage in your phone settings. It tells us exactly how much mobile data each of your apps is using. You recently installed that app from a new source and it is eating your data like crazy? That app could be malware. Delete it. Number three, pop-ups start appearing on your device out of nowhere. You probably see it a lot on your computer unless you have a good antivirus software. You are informed that you just won the lottery or a new iPhone. All you have to do is click one button and it's yours. Such pop-ups on your phone are likely produced by malware. Don't do what they are telling you to do. Number two, emails sent from your phone are blocked by spam filters. It can be a sign a third party is reading your emails. How? If they got control over your phone, they could have changed your email configuration to send all your mails via some unauthorized server. Hackers probably have direct access to that server. Number one, you can't make calls or they're being dropped. If you experience calls being dropped, the inability to make calls at times when you appear to have good signal strength or strange noises occurring during your phone conversations, something may be amiss. Normally, these problems are indicative of technical issues unrelated to a breach, but that is not always the case. So, if you noticed these symptoms shortly after you took some action that you now regret, you may wish to consider whether you need to take corrective action. What should you do if you see any of these signs on your phone? Try running mobile anti-malware software. Delete all the apps you have not installed and unreliable apps eating too much traffic. If it is possible, you can also reset your phone and go back to its original settings. If that does not seem enough to you, consult a professional. We all know prevention is better than cure, so here is what you can do to protect your phone from being hacked. If you receive a message with a link and you cannot see the full URL, never open it. If you charge your phone via an unknown computer, when connected, choose only charging. Don't use the Remember Passwords function. Switch off the automatic connection to public Wi-Fi networks. Instead, choose them manually. One more thing about Wi-Fi networks. Avoid networks with suspicious names, such as Free Internet or Wi-Fi Free. Choose those which are protected with a password, especially if you are somewhere like a cafe. Don't make online purchases or fund transfers on public Wi-Fi networks. If you use Android, install a reliable antivirus program. And of course, add a password to your phone. We hope you found this video useful. If it is, give it a thumbs up. Keep your phone safe, now you know how to do it. Subscribe to our Okay, so I hope that helps. Um... Yeah, I don't know if I could not use the password function, though. I mean, on the phone. It, that would be really hard for me to do. I mean, how can you 
remember all the passwords, right? <laughs> so I think I'm gonna have to take a chance with that one. Um, but anyways, I hope that, th that this has helped. Um, you know, just uh, be careful on what you're clicking on and what phone calls you're getting, etc., etc. And uh, there's plenty of uh, malware, spy malware out there uh, to get rid of your, or not spy malware. No, you don't want any of that. <laughs> you want antivirus uh, apps, you know, maybe that'll help clean up your phone if you get into trouble like that. So it's not a, a difficult fix, but it's a it's a pain it's something that it's an inconvenience let's say um, and also you don't know what information people have gotten from the uh, virus so yeah just have to be careful all right so that'll do it for our main event um, on robotech uh, we got some time left though so I would I some time ago I described to you my troubles with a contractor that we had and I wanted to go ahead and update because I wanted to wait to give the update until things were totally done and I think that we're at the, that point unless they decide to sue us uh, in which case we haven't heard anything about that but um, I, I told you about uh, Plum Creek renovations and electric they came to do my porch enclosure and they kept dragging their feet I mean we hired them in April they said they'd be done in four days and then it was June and they still weren't done and then he was asking for more money he wanted all the money up front and I told him no thank you and so I you know I think that that's why they were dragging their feet I guess to get the whole amount and then they didn't have to come back and finish it it could have been a motive I suppose I don't know that for sure but it, it's, it just sounds um pretty I, I don't even know why they would do that if they're a legitimate company right you want to keep people happy you don't want to just grab money from them and run I mean I don't know what they were planning on doing after the year because apparently they've been getting more complaints uh, against them and not just uh, with the Consumer Protection Agency with the Eternal Attorney General, but Better Business Bureau, and there's been complaints online in various, uh, you know, Home Advisor and Build Zone or something like that. Some apps like that. So they've been piling up the complaints, and I just don't see the purpose of them wanting to grab as much money as they can. Or are they just planning on grabbing as much money as they can and then retiring? I don't know. But it just doesn't make sense to me. If you want to keep your business going, how? why are you treating your people like this? So uh, I told you that I finally got fed up and filed a complaint with the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania Office of Attorney General, the Bureau of Consumer Protection Office. So I filed with all my emails and complaints and I described those on a earlier show. And so one day I got in the mail, um, it must have been the beginning of July, I guess, because this is stamped July 8th, 2019, where Plum Creek Renovation and Electric, John Soper, answered my complaint. It says, I have received complaint, compliant, was well, spelled compliant, but I guess he meant complaint. And then he didn't use spell check, or maybe he did use spell check. <laughs> I have received complaint from Diane Rebecca and reviewed enclosures. 
I have provided a signed copy of the contract, which, by the way, I did not have. And by the way, I did not sign the contract. There was two spaces when I finally, when when the attorney general sent me the contract, there were two spaces, one for my husband and one for myself. My husband signed his space. I didn't sign my space because I wasn't there. I was at work and I was thinking, okay, it's all right for us not to both be there. Well, hindsight is the next time we will both be there <laughs> before we sign the contract. If I have to take off work, then that, that's what I'll have to do. All right, so uh, then I, he goes on to say, I provided a signed copy of the contract. The contract is for $3,959. Yes, I agree with that. And is over 90% complete. And so far I have received $1,319.76, which is a third. But as I told you earlier, I had paid them two-thirds of the uh of that three thousand nine hundred and fifty nine dollars i have already contacted william geyer trash removal to remove construction materials and debris from property he will complete this task within the next week thanks john soper so i had to refute a that they were 90 percent complete and i had to refute that we only played a third rather than the two-thirds so i sent in the other checks to the Attorney General, the Bureau of Consumer Protection. And, uh, you know, if you have any complaint about just not contractors, but anything, you can go ahead. Any businesses that do not treat you well, you can go ahead and contact uh, the Attorney General. Um, let's see, where is, do they have a website? Uh, yeah, you can just Google them and they'll pop right up. That's how I did it. Um, but they're uh, located at what Waterfront Place in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, so anyways, I had to refute that. So I sent in the checks. And then as it happened, I also got another contractor to give us an estimate of what it would be to finish that. And <laughs> everything was all well-timed, let's say, because when they sent that in, I already had this proposal from the other contractor. And I said, what, you know, to the other contractor, what is it going to take to finish this, um, this project? So he wrote me this proposal. It says, wrap all metal on exposed wood, install fascia. I don't know what that is. I'm not a contractor. It says, install gutter and downspout. Paint wherever it needs painted, I guess. Caulk all areas that needed. And fix roof leak. Now we were also complaining about the roof leak. And uh, when he got up there to see what needed to be fixed, it turned out that half of the roof was shingled and there was no flashing applied. So is that does all that sound 90% done to you? I, I have to disagree. So then, <clears throat> so I sent all that stuff in. And then last week or a couple weeks ago, I got a call from the guy that was handling my case. Uh, and um, he said that, um, you know, he said, did you get another contractor to finish up the job? I said, yes. He said, all right. Uh, he said, "There, it's come to a time where we're not going to be able to do anything for you personally but he said we have been getting a lot of complaints from these people and we are going to look deeper into it 
So I I hope that's really true because I, you know, I don't, I don't hope that he didn't tell me that just to like make me feel better because I'm okay. I'm ready to just call it even with these people. I don't want anything more from him. And I even told him in the complaint, I consider them fired. If they come on my property, they'll be uh, charged with trespassing and anything else that comes with the trespassing charge, you know, i.e. vandalism, burglary, whatever. So then, of course, there was a follow-up letter, and it says, The Bureau of Consumer Protection attempted to resolve your complaint against Plum Creek Renovations and Electrical LLC through a voluntary mediation process. Despite our efforts, we have not been able to resolve this matter to your satisfaction and have reached an impasse between you and Plum Creek Renovation and Electrical LLC. As you may know, participation in the Bureau's meditation process or I'm sorry, not meditation, mediation process is voluntary for both sides and we cannot compel a business to agree to a solution. As a result, we will take no further action on your complaint at this time. However, we want to inform you of other options that may be available to you should you decide to pursue this matter. And then it says, please refer to questions 8 and 9 in the FAQ section on our website and they give the website... For more information about the mediation process and your options in pursuing the matter further. As we state in the FAQs, you are free to pursue a lawsuit privately. Some lawsuits must be filed within a certain time and you should consult with an attorney if you have any questions. And we don't plan on it because we just figure we just broke even and, you know, the things are fixed and that's fine with us. They go on to say, we understand the frustration of trying to seek justice and that this was not the result you were hoping for. We want to let you know that we sincerely appreciate hearing and learning about your experience with this business, as it is information for people like you that help us do our job to protect consumers. A copy of your complaint will remain on file for future reference and for possible use in an investigation or enforcement action we may bring to protect the public interest of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So that's what he was talking about, that they might look deeper into this company. So it's resolved as far as I'm concerned, as long as the business does not try to sue us. But if you have any, you know, uh, beef with a business, you always have that option to file a complaint with the Bureau of Consumer Protection of the Office of Attorney General, and they will try to mediate and help you out. If you are lacking in something that the business was supposed to do for you. All right. So anything you want to talk about, email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. All right. So. This is the Consumer Review Report on WNCK.FM Internet Radio. I'm Diane Rebecca, wishing everyone a safe and good week.